0: This is the preaching podcast from Keystone Church and Pastor Josh Cox. To find out more about Keystone, visit keystonerdu.church. We hope you enjoy today's message. We're going to be in Genesis chapter 37. If you have your Bibles, Genesis chapter number 37. We are in week three. Of a sermon series on the life of Joseph. It's called No Average Joe. And we're finding the extraordinary in the ordinary. I'm not going to do this introduction every single week, but Joseph was an Old Testament biblical man who, uh, unlike Moses and unlike David, there was no major miracle that took place. Uh, Joseph literally lived an ordinary life, in fact, less than ordinary in many ways. Um, And God used him extraordinarily. Um, Joseph was an amazing man and his story is an amazing tale throughout the Old Testament. Today we're going to talk about a sermon entitled Joseph the Dreamer. Joseph the Dreamer. Genesis chapter 37 beginning in verse 5 and Joseph dreamed a dream and he told it to his brothers and they hated him yet the more and he said unto them here I pray you this dream Which I have dreamed. For behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and lo, my sheaf arose and also stood upright. And behold, your sheaves stood round about and made obeisance or 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 obedience or reverence to my sheaf. And his brethren said unto him, "Shall thou indeed reign over us, or shall thou indeed have dominion over us?" And they hated him yet the more for his dreams and for his words. And he dreamed yet another dream and told it to his brethren and said, "Behold, I have." Dreamed a a dream more, and behold the sun and the moon and the eleven stars made obeisance or reverence to me, and he told it to his father and to his brothers, and his father rebuked him, and said unto him, What is this dream thou'st dreamed? Shall I and thy mother and thy brethren indeed come to bow down ourselves to thee to the earth? And his brethren envied him, but his father observed the saying, Heavenly Father, be with us today. Got to know our time is short. I pray that I clearly communicate what you would have me to communicate from this passage of Scripture today. God, that we would leave here encouraged, that we would leave here with a drive and and with uh, the courage to dream a little bit. God, to dream a little bit uh, in accordance to your word, in accordance to your will. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I mean, it's obvious here that God had his hand all over Joseph's life. If you know the story of Joseph from beginning to end, from his his father, his grandfather, his great-grandfather, there was a purpose and a plan for the life of Joseph. And by the way, there's a purpose and a plan for every single life inside of this room today. God doesn't just have a purpose for those who happen to be recorded in Scripture. God has a purpose for each of us, and Joseph had a purpose in his life. In these early years, God planted a dream inside of this teenager, a 17-year-old teenager, that this dream was an amazing dream that would one day impact an entire nation, and some would say impact the entire known world at the time. This dream... And can I say this morning, God planted this dream inside of Joseph. And, and let me just say this, this is going to be a very positive sermon today because I truly believe this, that, that we need to be willing to dream some God-sized dreams in our life. Not dreams of the newest uh, Mercedes or, or BMW or, or whatever it may be or that yacht that you would like or that we would all would, would like on a beach or that, that vacation home or whatever the newest and, and brightest and biggest. Not those dreams of the flesh, but dreams that God has placed within our hearts for what He wants to do through us in our lives. You see, He wants to do those things through us in our lives for His glory and for His honor. You see, God was going to use Joseph in this story in a great and mighty way, but no one knew that. God planted this seed of hope, this dream inside of Joseph, and he was the one who God chose to to dream through. And God planted this dream inside of him for what he would do for the rest of his life. Just a side note this morning: God did not give Joseph a dream that stretched outside of the realm of Scripture. And I don't want you to misconstrue today's message. Uh, I'm not. I don't. I don't believe that God speaks to us um, in, outside of anything contained in this word, in His Word. I believe He can illuminate things in His Word. I believe He can bring things uh, from His Word to life. I believe He can speak maybe some specific things to us, but everything will line up in accordance to God's Word. Uh, whenever someone comes to me and says hey God told me he wants to and he, they start talking I'll be honest with you sometimes like my radar goes up a little bit and I and I start okay let's awesome I want to hear it I want to make sure that it lines up with what God's word says there are many illustrations we could use this morning but You know, so often people are looking for you know um, for for relationship advice, and I think Scripture is fairly clear that says we shouldn't be unequally yoked together. It's not just marriage, but unequally yoked together with unbelievers. And so, if someone is searching, you know, God is this, and it involves maybe marrying an unbeliever or whatever it is. I think I could take you to the Bible and show you where the Bible clearly teaches you uh, different. And so I'm not giving us an out this morning by saying, hey, if you, if you think of something in your head, say it was a dream from God and roll, and roll with it. I'm not saying that. But I do this morning want to dare you to dream. I want to dare you to dream this morning about what God wants to do in your life, in your family, uh, through your children, maybe through your marriage, uh, at your job, in your business, even in our church. I feel like if we're not careful this morning, we all gravitate naturally in our flesh to familiarity and ease. And it seems like maybe every year, coming up to January 1st, we maybe put some goals out there for our lives. And we, those are really dreams. You know, dream is a, is, you know, if you have a goal and you have a plan, that's really what it is. But we, we take that time maybe. In fact, I think some of us over the years have said, I'm not even going to make New Year's resolutions because whatever. I don't keep them anyway. I go to the gym. I get a gym membership. I go for three weeks and I don't go back. And then I pay for it every month. Or, yeah, I'm going to read my Bible every year. It's going to start in January. And we, you haven't read through, you know, you get, about to, you get about here, Genesis 37. And you're like, man, I haven't, I haven't yet made it to the book of Exodus in my journey to read through the Bible in a year. You know, at the end of the day, I think we get kind of bummed out sometimes on dreams, goals, visions that God has for us. And today, I want to tell you, or I want to challenge you today to look past the status quo. You see, Joseph was looking past the status quo of his brothers. He was looking past the status quo of, his, of even his parents and his family. He was looking past that because, jo- because God planted a dream inside of him that would take him to places they had never been. And I want to encourage you today... To dare to dream. Dare to dream. This passage, number one, three quick points today. I understand our time. Number one this morning, Joseph showed boldness by sharing his dream. Joseph showed boldness by sharing his dream. You understand this morning. Let's let's look at it. Verse five, Joseph dreamed a dream and he, he told it to his brothers they hated him yet the more. Verse 9. And he dreamed yet another dream and he, he told it to his brothers and said, Behold, I have dreamed a dream more and behold the sun and the moon and the eleven stars made obeisance to me. It's one thing for you to sense that God has a plan and a purpose and a dream to, to live out in your life. It's another thing to vocalize it. It's another thing to boldly proclaim that dream. In fact, some, including myself, would even question the wisdom in Joseph making this dream public. I have often questioned that. Uh, There is no recorded sin in Scripture. uh, In the life of Joseph, no specific sin. But I think if maybe there was a possible judgment situation in his life, it may not have been the best thing in hindsight for Joseph to verbally tell his brothers and his parents, hey, you're going to bow down and worship me. Basically, that, that's a tough one, but you know what? Joseph knew what God had put in his heart, and Joseph was bold in sharing his dream. The truth is this morning, it can be risky and, and truthfully downright scary this morning to declare the dreams that God has for your life, and why is that? It's risky to make them public because you risk what we hate. You risk setting yourself up for failure you risk people uh, seeing your dreams and, and, and scoffing at that. You, you risk the gossip. Uh, you risk the, see, I told you so's. The truth is we hate risking failure. And when God plants a dream in our lives and we decide to act upon that dream, we risk setting ourselves up for failure. In fact, the safer bet would have simply been to keep this dream To himself, but there are other times in scripture where we are told to make dreams public. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2 The Lord answered me, write down this vision, clearly inscribe it on tablets so one may easily read it. If God has given you a dream, uh, a, a, a vision for what He wants in your life, don't be shy about that dream. Be bold about that dream. If, if, if God has given you a dream for your children and, and for their future, then be bold about that dream. And be, and be okay sharing that dream with them. If God has, has put a dream in your heart for what He wants your, fa- your family to do, your spouse as a couple, uh, share that dream with them. Be bold in your dream. See, Joseph showed boldness by sharing his dream this morning. But secondly, we see this, that as any time when you share something publicly and boldly, Joseph faced opposition. Joseph faced opposition after sharing his dream. Look at verse 5 again. It says, that Joseph dreamed a dream. He told it to his brothers, and they hated him yet the more. You remember last Sunday? They already hated him. They already hated him because he was the chosen one, the coat of many colors. He was the, he was the, the, the brother that was, his father loved more than the others. Look at verse 8. And his brother said unto him, Shall thou indeed reign over us, or shall thou indeed have dominion over the, us? And they hated him yet the more for his dreams, not just for his dreams, but also for his words. And know this for sure, if God puts a dream inside of you, if God puts a purpose, a burning desire inside of your heart to do something big for Him, the devil will do everything that he can to discourage, attack, and oppose the dream that God has put in your life. The last thing the devil wants for you to do is to to win. The last thing he wants to see is for that purpose or that dream to come to fruition in your life. One of the hardest obstacles to, under, to, to overcome as we're chasing these dreams that God has for our lives is when the people that oppose you the most are those that you love the most. I don't know if you've ever been there, I, but the people that care about you the most so often can become those who are the most critical of you. Uh, that's, that's, it's so true in every area of life, but especially here. In fact, maybe you're honestly trying to do what God has for you and you get criticized or gossiped about or, or torn down and it hurts the worst when it's done by those in your family or those you love dearly or care about deeply. Joseph's own father, who earlier in this chapter we found out preferred him over all of his brothers, even rebuked him for his dream. In verse 10, he told it to his father and his, his brothers and his father rebuked him. Some of the people who you think are the closest to you will abandon you and will jump ship, even in a family situation. I think about it in a church scenario. As God gives us dreams and, and visions for the future of this church, there will be some that get it and that jump on board and they're like, let's do this, let's go for God. But there will be others who oppose it every now and then. And you know what? That's life. Such is life. We must be prepared for that. Anytime we make a dream, Public, or we say God wants to do this in our lives, we set ourselves up for rebuke. You remember back in David? You remember David, the story? David is going, his father tells him to go to his brothers. He takes some cheese and some other things to his brothers, some food and things. They are in uh, the military fighting for their country. Children of Israel. And, Joseph, and, and David, I'm going to mess that up the rest of the time. Just get ready. Uh, and David, uh, walk, he, he comes up to battle. And what does he hear when he's there? He, he's there to give his brothers uh, basically a care package from his, his parents. And you know what he hears? He hears Goliath. Right? Here's hears Goliath. He is challenging the children of Israel. He is mocking the God of the children of Israel, Almighty God. And you know, David has a, has a dream. And in fact, he verbalizes his dream by saying this. Hey, is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? He said, I'm going to go take down that giant. Nine foot tall plus. I'm going to take him down. Is there not a cause? And you know what? You know who didn't oppose him? The king. In fact, he gave him what the king thought would be help to make that happen. You know who didn't oppose him? Maybe the captain of the, of the army didn't oppose him. Hey, sure, man. If you want to do that, go right ahead. You know who opposed him? His brother. Eliab. You know, David had a, had a vision for what God wanted. And by the way, lest we think this visions and dreams are crazy talk, at the end of the day, guess what? David killed Goliath. God did see it through. You know who was this hater? You know who was the one who was his demotivator? You know who the one who, who had something to say about it? It was his own flesh and blood, his brother, Eliab. The bottom line is this morning, if you're going to fulfill God's purposes and dreams in your life, be prepared for opposition. And be prepared for opposition to come, sometimes from those whom you love the most. Be ready to endure hardness as a soldier of Jesus Christ. Joseph showed boldness in sharing his dream. Secondly, Joseph faced opposition after sharing his dream. And then thirdly this morning, Joseph experienced... The fulfillment of his dream. And let me be very honest with you. It was 14 years later. That dream came to Joseph. Listen, Joseph, basically what God was telling him is you're gonna be in command. Not only is your family gonna batter and I worship you, but the sun, moon, and stars, I mean everybody is going to basically come under your control. That was the dream that was given to him. I'm glad God didn't give me that dream. I wouldn't know what to do with that. Alright, but he gave that to Joseph. You know what, it didn't happen the next week. It didn't happen the next month. It didn't happen on his next birthday. It was 14 long, unfair, treacherous, difficult years. If you know the story of Joseph... He comes from this point right here. The brothers get so angry at him that they, try to, they were going to kill him. Reuben steps in. They simply, instead of killing him, they just simply throw him into a pit. And they sell him off as a slave. He goes to Egypt. He happens to land in the good graces of, of Potiphar. And Potiphar's wife falsely accuses him. And he is thrown into prison. Hey, listen. In prison, he meets the butler and the baker. And hey, listen. When you get out, he 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 told them he interpreted their dreams. And hey, when you get out, just remember me when you talk to Pharaoh. And they forget. He forgets. And guess what? He finally does remember. And he gets put in second in command. You know what? It's fourteen years of that. Fourteen years of muddy water. Fourteen years of murkiness. Fourteen years of ups and downs highs and lows. In fact, we often in our lives will find ourselves just pumped up for the dreams that God has for us at first. Hey, God wants to do something big in my life. Boom. And we have initial excitement and we're ready to charge hell with a water bottle. But then life happens. The mundane happens. The day to day happens. The ups happen. And then The downs happen, and the zeal that we once had for our dreams begins to fade, and the fire that was once lit inside of us begins to flicker and to to fade out, and we find ourselves stuck in a rut, and we find ourselves abandoning what God has for us. I don't know about you, but that's my story so often. Man, God wants to do something big, and this is where we're going to go, and I'm pumped for it, and then things start happening. And if I'm not careful over time, that fire that once consumed me, that fire that was once inside of me, that dream that God had planted inside of me, if I'm not careful, the ups and downs of life can slow that down. And you know what? I become content in just the everyday. I become just get up, go to work, make sure the kids don't kill each other, get back, put them to bed, get up, go to work, make sure the kids don't kill each other, come home, put them to bed, If we're not careful, over time, the vision and purpose that God has for our lives, just as the vision and purpose that he had for Joseph's life, if we're not careful, we get stuck in a rut. I want to bring this together in two ways. What I mean and what I want for you to take from this today is that God has a divine purpose. I use the word dreams, and please don't let the word scare you. God has a divine purpose for every single one of us. And your purpose is not simply to just exist. Your purpose is not just to fill a pew on a Sunday. Your purpose is not just to fill a spot at work. Your purpose is not just to fill a position within your family. That's not just it. There are are amazing things God wants to do. And here's the good thing. What God wants to do in your life and what God wants to do in my life are different. Like, we're not cookie-cutter Christians. We don't have this. Here, this is is what it looks like, you know, for God's purpose to be fulfilled in your life. No, no, no. It's different for every single one of us. And this morning, I want to challenge you and urge you to ask God. Or maybe you know, hey, God, I know you have this purpose in our life. And I know you want us to fulfill this. You know, I know you want to fulfill this through me. I want us to get back to that and back focused on that. But secondly, this morning, back in... July of 2016, God placed a massive dream, a purpose inside of my heart, and inside of the heart of my wife. And we knew that God wanted us to plant Keystone Church right here where we are, not in this actual beautiful building, but in this area. Our target area was South Point Mall. I think we got pretty close, all right? Uh, The only thing better would be if they would give us part of the mall. That'd be amazing. If anybody's got any hookups, let me know. Um, They have air conditioning and everything there. It's amazing. Uh, But... But the fact is this, we knew it wouldn't be easy, but we knew that it was what God wanted for us. Less than a year ago, back in June of 2017, we began our Keystone Connect Nights. We began our our Bible studies, and and we met together. We had interest meetings and talked about our church, and and God began to grow a small group of people uh, together. That fanned the flame of that vision and that purpose. In our lives, And then we solidified this meeting space here in our partnership with Southwest Elementary School, and I've joked about it this morning, but we have an amazing partnership with the school. We love the school. We were able to honor the school and the staff uh, last week, but God began to flame, fan the flame of that vision a little bit more. And then we launched on October 1st of last year, and God began to fan the flame of that vision a little bit more. And then we officially organized as a church in january and god continued to fan the flame of that vision and that purpose a little bit more and then we had easter sunday we had our biggest day we've ever had the most people we've ever had on easter sunday and we saw people saved and lives changed and then we baptized seven people two weeks later and god continued to fan the flame of that vision but the vision is only beginning and i have to preach this to myself that same fire and that same fervor and that same awe that I had going into our first Sunday ever on October the 1st is the same fire and fervor that I need on a daily basis and on a weekly basis as I approach the worship and I approach the, the, the preaching of God's Word. The vision has a long way to go to pan out to what God gave me. God gave me a vision for not for one year, not for five years, but God gave me a vision for my life. And you know what, in order to see that out, you know what I have to be? I have to be patient. I have to be consistent. But I have to stay on track, on target. I have to keep that dream alive inside of me. Hey, every now and then that fire starts to flicker and you know what I have to do? I've got to go over there and I've got to fan that flame a little bit and get that fire back up. And God uses different things in my life to do that. Sometimes it's a text message from one of you and you don't even realize it. Sometimes it's a text message at at just the right time. And And God uses that just to fan that flame a little bit more. But the fact is this, the vision for our church is only beginning. There was a missionary family who was sent out to, to the mission field by a church. And it was, you know, it, it was their first missionary they sent out. And they, they sent the, the missionary went overseas and they were there for several years. You know, back in the day when travel was not as easy as it is now, they weren't able to come back and forth as much. And they were gone for several years. and They finally, after, after over five years being out of the country, they finally plan a trip to come back and they wanted to report back and see their home church, the church that sent them out to be missionaries. And as they pull onto the property, they immediately notice that the parking lot is a little disheveled. There's potholes everywhere. They look at what used to be a nicely uh, manicured um, front of the church building with flowers and, and grass and there was weeds that had grown up and the grass hadn't been cut in a long time and and they pull up and they park and they get out and they begin to walk around the church and they tug on a door and that door's locked and they can't get in. And they go around and they tug on another door and they can't get in. The door's locked and it's, it's dusty and they can tell it's not been touched in a long time. And so they finally find a window where they can peer in. And so they, they, they put their hands up on the glass and they're able to look in. They're able to see inside of the auditorium of that church that sent them out to be missionaries just a few years before. And behind the pastor, up on the wall behind the pastor, they had a they, had a, they used to have a verse of scripture, and it and it and it says it said this: "Where there is no vision, the people perish." anybody ever heard that verse? Where there is no vision, the people perish. And they were looking through, and after five plus years of being away, as they looked through and they looked where that verse used to be, where there, where there is no vision, the people perish. The W, the first W, had fallen off and fallen to the floor. And You know what that verse now read? Here there is no vision. The people perish. Here there is no vision. The people perish. You know, as a church family this morning, I know we're a young church, but God forbid, God forbid that there's ever a time in this church where it could be said of us, hey, here there is no vision. People perish. People don't matter. There's no vision here. It just is what it is. Hey, God forbid, and, and this church would close down, but God forbid there ever comes a time where we don't do things with excellence. God forbid there ever comes a time where we don't, where we don't try to set up and make this place look as nice as we possibly can make it. God forbid there's ever a time when you walk in those doors or you walk down that sidewalk and you're not greeted by someone. God forbid there's ever a time where you pull in that parking lot and you don't have Lynn out there dancing and doing a disco trying to get you to, trying to, get you to park. And God forbid you ever come back to check your kids in and there's no one back there to check in your kids. and no one in there right now to love on your kids and to, and, and to, and to serve our children. God forbid. God forbid there's never a time for you to gather in a connect group and, 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 and spend more time closely together. God forbid. God forbid it's ever said about our church here, there is no vision. The people perish. You know, at the end of the day, I believe God has great plans and great purposes and great visions and great dreams for each one of your lives. And here's what I think. I'm fully convinced of this. If we had a church full of people that would look inside of them and say, God, what is it that you want from me? Maybe you've already retired this morning. And maybe you have extra time you could spend serving in the community. Or extra time you could spend serving in your local church. Hey God, what would you have for me to do? And I think if, if every young family said, Hey God, I know times are busy right now. And it's very tough getting kids to and from school. And getting everything done that needs to be done. But God, what do you have for me? What, do you, what plan and purpose do you have for our family? And we all ask God that. I think if we can have a church full of people that individually ask that. Do you know what I think we'll have? We'll have a church that never loses its vision for what God has for our church. Because I can promise you this. As I look inside of me every single week and I, and I spend time with the Lord. God completely wrecks me over and over again about his plan and his purpose and his vision for my life. Every single week. And that's what we need as a part of a local church. You see, God has a plan and a dream and a vision for our church. And here's what I, this is my teaser. Next Sunday, you're going to find out some specifics um, about what dreams and purposes and visions God has specifically for our church. I feel like this. I feel like that we started and we really cast vision at the beginning and our connect uh, nights. And then for the first month of our church, we kind of went through our core values, essentials of what what we believe and things like that. And I feel like we need to press a reset button for those of you who have come since then to kind of get a feel for who we really are. And then God specifically has something for us uh, next Sunday that I want to share with you as a church family. But I want us to think this week as we move into that season. Man, I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to announce next Sunday what we're doing in the summertime. We're going to do something different with our connect groups. We want to get everyone involved uh, this, this summer on a weeknight. Uh, we're going to do something different there. Man, we got, we've got some just awesome things to announce to you. But I want you this week to be praying. And I want you to pray twofold. First, I want you to pray specifically for yourself. Hey, God, it's been a while since I've asked you this question. Let's be honest. What is it that you have for me? I'm not talking about where you work. I'm not talking about about what, no, deeper than that. What is it that you have for me? What is my purpose in life? My purpose is not just to get up, get the kids, make sure they don't kill themselves, get them home, get them to bed, get up again. That's not just my my purpose. What is my purpose for you and yourselves? personally. And then secondly, would you take some time this week and pray, hey God, whatever God leads our church, as God leads our church forward and God moves our church forward and God, God grows our church, God, would you, would you help me uh, to be right on board with that vision? And God, would you, when, when, when Josh or when, when uh, another leader in the church gets up and, and talks about, hey, this is what we're doing this summer or this is what's, man, God, would you just knit my heart with that? And God, would you just help me to be right on board with that? And you know what, it might take 14 years like it did in the life of Joseph. But hey, I'm in it. I'm in it for the long haul. I'm in it for the prison. I'm in it for the palace. Hey, I'm, I'm in it for, for Potiphar and working for Potiphar and I'm in it for when Potiphar's wife lies. I'm in, I'm in it. God, like, we're, we're in this thing. Uh, you got a purpose for my life. You have a purpose for my church. And let me tell you something, the happiest you'll ever be is when God has a purpose for your life and God has a purpose for your church and those things are heading in the same direction. You'll be ne- never be happier. And you know what's really cool? Is when not only you're heading in the same direction, but at, the closer you it starts going like this. and Before you know it, that's where you get this we instead of y'all. Or my instead of your. That's where that all comes together. And I want you to pray about that this week. See, Joseph was a dreamer. It wasn't a spooky, supernatural, crazy dream. No, no, no. It was just God telling him, hey, I've got something for you. I've got something special for your life. And you know what? I think God is doing the same thing. I know He's doing it in me. I want Him to do it in you, and I know He's going to do it in the life of our church. This has been the preaching podcast from Keystone Church and Pastor Josh Cox. For more information about Keystone Church, visit KeystoneRDU.com. Please subscribe to hear future messages. Thank you.